and he overrose. Today, forever, my God reigns. It's your God as well. Okay. Update in a short while, we're going to come around communion. And after that, you will go and get your ticket for honours night. It's okay talking, but in the same have a culture of honour. But if you don't practice it and celebrate it, then we have celebrations and a culture value as well. So we're believing that tonight's a celebration. There's going to be great food, great entertainment, and just a great time together. Okay. You might want to nominate somebody, but not put your name on. But if you're joining the caption competition, you need to put your name on. And then put it in there. It'll be there next week as well, but that is the last day for it. Okay. It's going to be good. I'm going to read from Genesis chapter 22. I'm reading from one of the number of Bibles which have been left. Is worries me when people leave Bibles. I know you've got apps and stuff like that. But this is a Bible which was here, left by somebody. You're not getting back. It's mine now. version. <laughs> Just as we look it up, please keep praying for Kathy. My wife you knows she's just still feeling a bit sore and tired, but she sends her love to everybody and appreciate all the messages and cars and everything. Just overwhelming. We do appreciate that. And keep praying this Friday we're going uh, back to see the consultant and believing for a good report that she's cancer-free. But we are trusting God and believing God because my God reigns today, tomorrow, so Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. My God's in charge and we're believing. But keep, thank you for your continued prayers. And this week at our prayer meeting, we have a prayer box out the front there. If you've got a prayer request, you want the church, there's power in prayer. We feel the power of the prayer going around our family just now. We really do. I want to tell you, you've got prayer situations. Don't just you pray, get everybody praying. Put a prayer request in and Unless it's confidential, you don't want us to do. Whatever you put in as a prayer request in a box at this minute, we're going to pray over those prayers on Wednesday night and believe in for this year God to do incredible things in answer to prayer. So please, if you've got a specific prayer request that you don't mind us uh, praying over, please, as you leave, as you're getting your ticket for the owner's night, put your prayer request in there. Thank you. Genesis 22 from the NIV says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to Abraham, Here I am, he replied. Then God said, Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough food for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abram looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abram took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abram, Father, yes, my son, Abram replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Abram answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told them about, Abram built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. 
Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abram, Abram, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abram looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abram called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it's said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. If you've been in church for any length of time, this is a more well-known scripture than some of the ones we're sharing based on the theme we're doing on the third day of living in the third day and today. Living the third day is but a day of provision. The background to the story before we come round the communion table is in chapter 15, God had promised Abraham a son when he was childless and it was a cultural stigma as well as the kind of pain and the hurt and the disappointment him, uh, he and Sarai at the time were experiencing and God gave him and gave him a promise. And even though it took a little while for the promise to be fulfilled and then his wife says, uh, why don't, I mean, it's not going to happen. Why don't we help God out a bit and then go and sleep with my maid and have a son by her because I'm not capable. And then the Middle East problems start from here on in and continue to this then it's amazing when God says something and we try to interpret what that means and me go and work it out without him telling us. I know it's a bit like, uh, I'll speak about Kathy because she's not here, don't tell her, okay? I mean, if I used to be going a distance, I would have a, a road directions where I was going and you can't read and drive at the same time, obviously, so Kathy would can he just tell me what it says. However, Kathy had a habit of interpreting what it said, not just reading what it said. It's like, this is what it says, but this is what it means that we have to do. And no end of times, it didn't mean what Cathy interpreted it to mean. It was as if, that's the written word, that's what it says, but this is what we should do. This is how it does it, without any further exception. And I have to say many times, Cathy, you should read the word, I'll interpret the word. Okay, <laughs> you read it, and I'll do the driving type of thing. And the reality is, so often... We can have the word of God and God says it, but then we no, that's not what it really means. This is what it means, and let's go and do it this way. And it just leads us into trouble. However, after some time, uh, Sarah and Abraham were given a son, blessed with a son, and it was delight, it was joy unspeakable in many ways. And if you read up to that point, after a few years, it came about, and there were joy. In cha chapter 21, it talks about Sarah says, God has brought me laughter. And everyone who has heal about it will laugh with me. And called Isaac means he laughs or laughter. So they called him. And even when he was weaned, Abraham said, on the day Isaac was weaned, Abraham had a great feast. I.e., all the dreams fulfilled, the goals, the visions, all the Christmases came at once, so to speak. This is joy, unspeakable. This is awesome. This is fantastic. This is great. Things are growing great. Abram's legacy, his future generations are secure, blessings of God and the life, promise of God. They got on with their life uh, despite some kind of life issues, family tensions, neighborhood issues going on and the, behind the scenes life was pretty good. In the end of the previous chapter, it finishes with Abram planted a tamarisk tree in Bathsheba and there he called in the name of the Lord, the eternal God. And Abram stayed in the land of the Philistines for a long time i.e. life's pretty good at the moment. 
Life's doing okay. God's promise will fulfill the sun's ahead. Life's good. I'm just doing good here. Life is wonderful. But then we come into chapter 22, and it says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and I don't know about you, when I was younger, when somebody just said my name, I knew I was in trouble. Particularly if it was James. Okay, James, I know I'm in trouble. Okay, and God comes and says, Abraham, listen, God knows our name, but he also knows our frame and what we can handle and what we can't handle by his grace. So God came to Abraham and he says, Abraham, God tested Abraham, but let me just say also, God's tests are not to throw us, but to grow us. The reason God gives us a test is not to throw us off, sink our back, it's so that we can grow, so that we grow. Listen, God knows the score and the result of our test before we set the test. God is not surprised by anything. But I used to say to my kids when they were going into exams at the school, says, exams are an opportunity for you to demonstrate how great you are. They never quite believed it. But I used to say that it's an opportunity to show how much you've learned, how much you've grown, how much you've become. Don't let, think of tests as a, oh no, there are, oh yes, what an opportunity. And God's tests are for us to be grown and show uh, how much we have grown. He had a response choice to make. Abraham is like, I'm not here or here I am. Abraham realized that God's tests are for us to prove him and for him to improve us. And for us to prove his grace, his mercy, his power. And for us to improve in our character, in our faith, and our trust in God. That's what this was all about. We prove his grace, his mercy, and he proves and we improve as people. Abraham's response here is incredibly remarkable. He's sitting, chilling on his old rocking chair outside in a beautiful Middle Eastern evening, and the call comes, Abraham, take your only son, Isaac, the son whom you love, and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Now, I might have had a few questions. I might have said, well, how's this going to end up? Are you sure? Can we take a rain check? Can we do something? How am I going to explain this to his mom or his mother? But listen, what happened, Abraham, it says, after all those years of waiting and receiving the promise, and now gets the next word, go and kill, sacrifice your son. Abraham Response was, early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. No words or questions. Isn't that incredible? The next day, he just got up, I'll go for it. It wasn't even the next day, it was the next morning. It wasn't even the next morning, it was early the next morning. He decided, I'm just going to go. His attitude was, you know what? God's testing me, but I'm up for the challenge. I'm up for all that God's doing. I'm up to prove God in a greater measure. I'm up to grow as a person here. This test is not, oh, no, no, look what's happened to me. There's something that says, I'm going to rise to the challenge. I'm up for this. God's in charge. God rules. God reigns over all. 
we're going to do this. We're up for it. We're going to do it. So off he goes with two his, his servants and guys, and they walk for a couple of days, and they get on this walk. And I'm sure they must have thought, what's all this about? What's going on here? But there's no record of any conversation. They were just going on for two days. They set out for the place that God had told them about. There was obedience. You know, God blesses obedience, we've said before. And here, all it was was a step of obedience. I want to tell you, you can keep walking. And they walked for a couple of days. They set off without knowing where they were going or what was going to happen, but they kept going. I want to tell you, that is what we do. That is what we do. That is a walk of faith. When you keep going, when you don't know the end result, and when you don't know what all the answers, but you keep going, that's faith, and that's where it's going. And sometimes we need to keep walking, even the road, the road is tricky, even though we don't understand it, even though we're a little bit confused, we don't understand all the answers, we don't see the end result from the beginning of what, but the Bible says that we walk by faith. We walk by faith. And they decided, and they kept going in this journey for a couple of days, and then we come to the key verse, it says, on the third day, Abram looked up and saw the place in the distance. I, he saw the place of sacrifice. He saw the place of giving his best to God. He saw the place of cost, the place of worship it was. You know, there are times in our life when in our journey we come to a place when God puts his finger on something. God puts his finger on something. Life's good, but then he puts his something on us that could mean giving something to him or giving up something for him. But God can come and put something in their life. C.T. Studd, it was, who says, I was brought up with the old missionaries in their quotes. And C.T. Studd says, when he was challenged and asked about giving up a fortune, a cricket career, he says, if Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him. What an incredible quote. And then Jim Elliot, who went to the Ecuadorian Indians and was killed and slain by them, and was told he was a fool. And he said, some along the lines, he is no fool. He gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He gives up, sacrifices what he can't keep to gain what he can't lose. Because God sometimes put his fingers on it. There was a test to be passed here, but also there was a trust to be played. Not only was Abram, his action remarkable, but so was his speech. Go and sacrifice your son Abraham. And on the third day, he saw that place where it was going to happen. And then they listen. He says to these guys, you two guys stay here with the donkey. I don't know if that was a person or whether it was just an animal, but we'll not go there. He says, you stay here with the donkey. He says, I and the boy, we're going to worship over there. And we're coming back. What an incredible statement. It was a place of sacrifice, but to him it was worship. Because sacrifice is worship. Whatever we give is worship. Romans 12 says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in light of God's mercies, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Whatever we give to God, whether it's song, whether it's gift, whether whatever, giving to God is worship. Other version says, this is truly the way to worship him, or your spiritual service of worship. Abraham called to sacrifice his son, and he saw it as an act of worship. How incredible is that? 
He could have sung if it had been written, though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name. The sacrificial given, but he spoke worship. This is what he spoke faith. He spoke life. He says, we're coming back. As if they say, there are promises over my life. There are promises over my son's life. And they've not been fulfilled yet. And I'm believing God for them. And I don't understand it. He's asked me to sacrifice my only son, the one whom I love. The one who's got so full of promise and potential and future. And I, I don't understand it all. I know God's spoken into my life. I know he's spoken into my life over this guy, over this son. But he's asked me to slay him. And whatever he's asked me to do, I'll give him because it's an act of worship. And I love him and he's first. He's before my son. And my son needs to know that he comes first. And my son needs to know that family's not first. It's God first. And the greatest thing that you can do for your family is to be God first in your life, not to be them first in your life. Because they need to say that you, because if you honor God that way, God will honor you. Don't put family first. Don't put them in place of what you should be doing for God or serving God or coming to church. He needs to become first and your family needs to see that he's first. That is the best thing you can do as a parent is put him first in your life. But he said this, but I'm speaking faith. Even, it says, I know there's unfulfilled promises. I know God's not finished with us yet. I know God's got some more for it. I don't understand how this is all going to work out. And I might have to slay him. But even if I have to slay him, I'm believing that God will raise him up again because he's not finished me. And I'm speaking faith and I'm speaking life. And I'm speaking faith over my son. And I'm speaking we still have a future. Even though it looks bad and it looks as if I don't know what God is doing. But I'm speaking faith and I'm speaking trust. Because trust goes beyond faith at times. There's times you believe for things and it don't happen. But trust kicks in and trust is a level above faith, if you excuse me, using this example. Because trust is, I don't understand it, but I still trust God. I still trust His Word. I still trust that God causes all things to work for my good because I love Him and I'm called to His purpose. And even if I don't understand it, and this is not how I worked out, and this is not how it worked out in my life, this is not how I wanted it to end, I'm still trusting God because you know what? He's never failed me yet. I've known Him for years that He's never failed me yet. And I know that He knows the end from the beginning. He's got a greater wisdom than I have. He's got a plan beyond my plan. His ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. And even if I don't understand it all, I'm trusting he's still got it all in hand and that my God reigns. And he spoke faith. He spoke worship. He spoke life. And then Abraham and Isaac went on together. And then they had one of those difficult father and son conversations. Can you walking along in Isaac's, can you thinking, hey, dad, hey, great dad that you are. I know you worship God, I know you're not God, uh, listen, but you're going on a bit and I think you forgot something, I think there's something missing, I'm not talking about you, I'm just talking about practical stuff, you've got the fire, you've got the wood, but hey, there's something missing here, something missing, where's the lamb for the burnt offering, where's the key component of this thing we're going to do, uh, I understand that we're on a journey and you're worshipping God and it's wonderful and we're going to church and we're having a week in a small group together and it's God's at the centre and it's an act of worship, but dad, there's something not quite right. There's something missing. You've forgotten something. The lamb is not here. And then Abraham answered with an incredibly powerful and prophetic response, listen, which most versions of the Bible miss. This one gets close, but not as close as King James. It says here, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. King James gets this right. Abram responds when Isaac says, Dad, where's the lamb for the burnt offering? King James records this, my son, 
God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. What an incredible statement that is. That wasn't just for them. That was an incredibly powerful statement speaking. And it says, and the two of them went on together because of that. And I want to tell you, the only reason that we can go on, that we can keep walking in faith, that we can keep going, is because one day on a Friday in Golgotha, God provided himself the lamb for all the sacrifice of sin forever and ever. It wasn't that God just provided a lamb. God provided himself through Jesus Christ as a lamb, as, a burnt, as an offering, as a sacrifice for the sins of you and me. And because of that, we can go on together. And this is incredible. Because then Isaac just was probably a, more than a baby here. He submits to his father's here, who was submitted to his father God. What an example. And I believe there's an example here that Isaac was submitting to his father because he knew that his father was submitting to a higher authority in God. And he lay down. Physically, they tell us that he could have run away. He'd probably run faster than his dad. Or he could have overpowered him, but no. And as he's about, and the knife's there, the second, here I am, comes. And he replied, hey, it's okay. The pastor says, because of that, you're going to get a revelation of the provision of God in your life. And he saw the ram, and he sacrificed it instead of his son. And he called that place, the Lord will provide. Incredible. And it's still called on the mountain, the Lord will provide. I.e., on the third day, sacrifice became a place of provision. A day of provision. But there was a key to living in the third day provision. It's been willing to sacrifice and give to God what he's asking you. He was willing. What was a day of sacrifice for Abram became a day of God's provision. On the third day, he prayed in that place, the Lord will provide. Why? Because I'm willing to give him what I've got. One of the favorite promise verses in Scripture it's Philippians 4.19. And my God will meet, provide all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. But if you look just before that, Paul saying, the verse before it, you know what? You're the only church that provided financially for me or gave to me when I was ministering. And he says, your gifts are a sweet-smelling sacrifice, acceptable and pleasing to God. You need to catch that. Why is going to meet and supply all your needs? Why is going to God providing all your needs? Not just because of that one verse, but the context, because, because you sacrificially gave when God asked you to give, therefore, you can go into the third day of provision and God will supply all your needs. It's not just quoting that out of context and saying, God's going to meet all my needs. It's in the context, your heart is to be an Abraham says, I'm willing to give. Even if it's sacrificial, I'm going to give. I'm prepared to give what God has asked me to give. And then Paul says, no, because of that, you're going to enter into provision of all the riches that God's got for you, that you need for your life. Abraham 
only got the second here I am of provision because you gave the first here I am of sacrifice. She says, I'm willing to give whatever you're asking. The band are going to come up and we're going to come around communion in a moment or two. For us, as we look at Jesus' sacrifice, I want to say that Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice. But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, if he's dead, we're still in our sins, but he rose for us to live in the provision of the grace, the forgiveness, the mercy that, that the sacrifice caused. He paid the ultimate sacrifice so that we could live in the freedom in the third day. He's provided the grace, the forgiveness that we need. And we are called to live in that. Because whenever we're asked to pay the ultimate sacrifice that he paid. But this morning, Abram on the third day saw the place of sacrifice. But as he was willing to give and sacrifice, it became a day of provision, of God's provision in his life. And he named the place the Lord will provide. And forevermore, that place was called the Lord will provide. It was on the third day that he saw that on his journey. And living the third day is me not living the place that I'm giving to God for every ass, but I'm receiving the provision of all he's got for me. This morning, as the servers have come round this communion table, what a sacrifice this was. And please hear me, there's a sense in which we come here And we're in awe of the sacrifice that Jesus gave for us. We're in awe of it. And we'll never fully appreciate all that costs. And it's great to keep it fresh and so appreciative in your heart. But it doesn't want us to stay in the Friday. It wants us to live in the provision of what Friday gave to us. But there may be times as the service, please come forward now. As a, maybe this morning, maybe just maybe God is speaking to you and he's asking you to sacrifice something. Maybe there's something that he's saying to you and your response needs to be, here I am. It might be something that you love. It might be something that is precious or maybe something for some time, you know, it's been niggling away, but you've not said, here I am. You've, kind of, you've just kept quiet. Abram, take your son and sacrifice him. I know he's, he's, he's the most precious thing you've got. I know he's a promise, but I want to know, does he come first or do I come first? And you need to know, Abraham, and your family needs to know that I'm first. And first sometimes it's given to him. Just something of what he's already blessed us with in life. And as we come around this communion table, if that's you, just between you and God, just do a bit of business. And say, Lord, I know what you're speaking to me. And this morning I say, here I am. And I'm willing to do what you're asking me and give whatever that may be. But also I want to tell you, it's the third day is a day of provision. Jesus, he provided forgiveness. He provided healing. He's provided everything. And we need to live the third day as living the experience of God will provide. And I believe as we take these emblems of God, you can receive from God where you are. You can receive from his hand because we're living in the third day. We're not living on Friday, we're living that Jesus rose to make sure we get everything that he's provided for us by dying and rising again. So if you need forgiveness, if you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your saviour, if 
you've never asked him for his forgiveness, as we take, you can just say, Lord, I receive your forgiveness. Come and be my saviour. You maybe need healing, we've said it earlier. You maybe need other things in life. Just say, Lord, I thank you for your provision and I receive what Jesus has provided for me because I'm a third day person and I'm willing to give you what you're putting your finger on and I thank you that I can receive more and more back because out of your infinite riches in Jesus, you give and you give and you give again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this table, Lord. Thank you for all it means. And I pray today, Lord, is that we can have individual encounters with you, Lord. If you're putting a finger on things, we'll deal with it. But for those who need provision of some sort, whatever it was, thank you that Jesus died for the whole man. And I pray that we receive from you right now as we take these emblems in your memory. Thank you, Lord.
moon and stars they wept. Moon and stars they wept, moon and sun was dead. Savior of the world was falling, his body on the cross, his blood poured out for us, the weight of every curse upon him. One final breath he gave As heaven looked away Son of God was laid in darkness A battle in the grave A war on death is waged Power of hell forever broken the ground began to shake, the storm was rolled away, his perfect love could not be overcome. Now death, where is your sting? Our resurrected King has rendered you defeated for One final breath he gave As heaven looked away Son of God was laid in darkness A 
battle in the grave, the war on death is waged, the power of hell forever. Well, the show. The ground began to shake. The storm was rolled away. His perfect love could not be overcome. Now death, where is your sting? Our resurrected King has rendered you defeated forever. He is glorified forever. He is lifted high forever. So here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're altogether lovely, altogether So Abraham said, here I am, here I am, sing it. Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful. One last time, here I am. Every voice. So here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're altogether worthy, you're altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. wonderful to us. Our experience of you is nothing less than wonderful. We think you're lovely. We think you're awesome. We think you're amazing. And as a group of people, Lord, we want to be those worshippers that, Lord, whatever you ask, we just give it as an act of worship. We just give, Lord, let our lifestyles be worship. Lord, as we go into this week, Lord, you already go before us. Lord, I pray that we will continue to be people who live a life of worship, given to you. Whatever you ask us, Lord, we give it to you. 
Lord, and as we sang right to the start, all I have is what I'll give. Lord, help us to come to that place where we just give you what we are, what we have. Lord, because I thank you, you gave everything you are and you have to us. And Lord, there's no comparison for what we give and what we get. Jesus. Lord, I thank you for all the provision, Lord, that the Lord will provide. And Lord, I just pray over this group of people. Just that statement that Abraham made. Lord, that whatever's going on in this week, the Lord will provide. provide. Let that provision rule in every aspect, in every area of our lives. Lord, financially, emotional, physical, spiritual. Lord, family, work-wise. Lord, whatever is needed in this group of people, I just declare again, the Lord Lord will will provide. Hallelujah. God bless you. And here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're altogether lovely, you're altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. I'll never know. I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross. I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross. But here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. 